Hi, everyone. Today is a really special episode because I have the most beautiful person in the world on the podcast, and that is my mom, Di Hooper. Welcome. Hi, thanks, Ella. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Oh, you are welcome. So mom is joining me from Melbourne, Australia, and I am in California. So you are in the future right now. Yeah, it's quarter past 10 on Friday morning. Yes, and it's Thursday afternoon for me. Um, So I think I'm going to explain to everybody um, about what we're going to talk about today. But I think that some people were probably curious, how do you feel about me living in America and how do you feel about me moving countries with no money nearly eight years ago? Oh, that was that was scary. Uh, no, that was a very swelly time for us. But I, I've always known your determination and you wanted to live in America and you'd already lived outside of home for, for university and, um, you know, become very independent. So I wasn't afraid of you finding your way but it was it was scary but I found now that you're there we've probably developed a closer relationship through FaceTime um, yeah yeah you know, we, we connect more actually than we would if you were living in Melbourne you were living your busy life I was living my busy life yeah we it's have so a true. very yeah very deep connection knowing the person I was because I was in a pretty low place and knowing the person I am now would you say it was a worthwhile risk? Absolutely. Just to see your momentous growth each each month, each year. You know, I've had that front seat, front row seat to, to yeah. everything you've gone through. Um, it, it, your growth has been astronomical. Mm. And, and now you've slipped into your sweet spot. And, yeah. and we couldn't imagine or envision what that was before you left. Yeah, You know, we can only imagine what that sweet spot might be, but you found it along the way. And yeah, I'm just in awe of you. It's very, I'm very proud. Yeah, you were definitely a huge support system in like getting me across to America. Um, But today I want to talk with you, mum, about um, really about connection, I guess, and becoming being and unbecoming so becoming is we are becoming our most whole and worthy self how we want to show up in the world we're also unbecoming so we learn things from painful events that happen in our lives that kind of weigh us down and build low self-worth and builds you know unhealthy patterns and belief systems in our life so my life has been filled with deconstructing and unbecoming things that I became through pain. And we're also going to talk about being. So what does it look like to be present, surrendered, authentic, um, and connected and releasing control? So we're going to unpack those things. And um, really, we'll probably start with where it all began in childhood. <laughs> I think um, you guys, as listeners, you would have heard that um, in the five guideposts of living a brave life, um, you would have heard um, about probably step number two of when we risk all of our trauma comes up. 
And um, trauma is a really big word. And I don't want to take away from some people's experiences uh, connected to trauma because I wouldn't want to throw that word around lightly. But um, what it did expose, it exposed all my insecurity, all my lack of self-worth, belief in myself. I really struggled to believe in myself. I was like determined, but then, yeah, we really came up against this. I'm, I'm just not that good enough. And so I went through a journey with really consistently going to counseling And so, mom, you were kind of a witness and front row seats to the counseling journey. And of course, like a lot of that is exploring my childhood. And how did that feel for you watching me go through the counseling journey? I really encourage you to get counseling because I just know with the right person, with the right therapist, you get so much brilliant insight in into how you tick and the motives behind what you do and to be asked a wise question that just drops and takes you into your heart heart response is worth its weight in gold so I applaud I want all of my children to go to counseling and I want all of them to tell their therapist how you know they hate their mother or they just angry that she was this and have a good cry and and each of you would just laugh at me and say as if we do that but I know I'm serious I, I want you to be healed from any damage that I've given you um, and and when you have in more recent times shared deep pain that was a bit too raw to share with me um, for for some months um, I yeah I I was scared. I was scared to hear what that pain was. And I was, uh, I felt shame. I felt mum's shame. I felt pain. I, I was very sad. Uh, and yeah, I just said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. It, it, and, and I know I'm safe with you, Ella. You're so gracious about how you shared that pain. You're very kind about it. And I know that's not always the way with, for parents how, who, whose children can be so hurt, so angry, so damaged and so brutal mm-hmm. in, and, and not able to process it as well as you did. So it is a scary thing. It's mm-hmm. very scary for, for children to to get therapy so I my heart goes out to every parent out there you know yeah but but we all it's a it's a shared human experience we we cannot be perfect parents and our children will need healing just as we need healing yeah we were raised and I think something to note is what I definitely know from zero to seven or zero to twelve is where we're really um ego focused So we think that everything is about us. So if dad comes home from work angry, we think he's, our little child brain thinks dad's angry at me. But our, what's actually happened is he's probably had a stressful day at work, yet I take that on as he must be mad at me because my adult brain can't rationalize and go into, oh, he's probably having a bad day at work and that's why he's not really in the mood. 
So I think that um, sometimes we think about like we think that we don't need counseling unless we've gone through something like big T trauma, like huge and traumatic. But really, like you weren't raised learning how to process through pain and it doesn't matter like how big or small the pain is. Pain is pain. And it could be just um, the it, there's pain inside. Oh, you're one of five kids, uh, then seven kids, and you can't spread equal attention out to each child. So then there's pain inside of that. There's pain. You can't actually like minimize pain. And so what was super important, because I was trying to make sense of blocks that I had in my life now, like, why can't I get what I want? And is there something in my subconscious that I'm not aware of that I learned that built pathways in my brain that made me believe I wasn't deserving or worthy of that? And so whether it's like, oh, I have this need to be seen, so I'm going to be an actress and I'm going to look at any possible way to get that need met. So I'm going to become an actress and then finally I'll be healed of not feeling seen. And then that doesn't work out and I don't get that healed and solved. But really nothing external will heal something that happened way back then. So I have to go back to my inner child and give that inner child attention. So that's been kind of a journey. Um, and you've been so gracious to be a beautiful listener. And I'm going to give our listeners an example of a time where you really held space for me to be, talk about something that was painful. It was a simple reactive moment. And the way that you handled it was really healing because I think a lot of conflict especially with parent-child relationship, is this thing of like, my parents don't get me. I feel misunderstood. And then because we never felt understood by our parents, we actually take that into our work relationships. So in our workplace, we feel misunderstood. In our adult friendships, we feel misunderstood. And so what's been healing for me is giving my young, going back and giving my inner child understanding and And then it's been equally as powerful for you to hold space with me and give me understanding as I talk about something painful. So that thing that I'm going to share is I just finished, I think, two years of being in America and I was coming back to renew my visa and you, you were living in Queensland at the time. And we're in your house and I think we were about to go sit down and watch the TV show Glee. Um, which was so fun. We were watching it, the series as a family. And I just kind of said, we never watched movies growing up. And you said, oh, Ella, I'm so sorry. You really felt that poverty spirit growing up, didn't you? And it kind of caught me off guard and I felt like emotion come up and I felt really seen and like, wow. You're acknowledging that that was painful for me to be aware of adult problems with money. And you really like said, I'm so sorry that that was your experience. Like, cause you're such a feeler, you can feel atmospheres and you really took on a lot in that moment. And because I was struck by you actually 
attuning to me and validating my childhood experience of how I felt. It may not be all true, but you were acknowledging like, that's how you felt, Ella. And then you said, because, you know, your dad's always loved movies. We did get those seven weeklies for $7 from Video Easy every week. Do you remember that? And I said, oh, yeah, we did. You did. We did watch movies. And it actually, like all the memories came flooding in. And so that was a powerful moment. And I share that in my class when I'm talking about validation and attunement. And I'd love to know from you what was happening for you, because it takes a lot of security in yourself to be able to not react. So tell me like your experience of that that time. I was quite surprised that I had that momentary lapse from my immediate reaction too because I am a reactive person. I hit hard with logic. I speak head-to-head, not heart-to-heart. That's my natural way. So, But I felt um, almost like a hand came up to pause me. It was like I I was just still. It was quite miraculous. I've, I've learned more how to do that since but it was something new to me at the time. Um, But because I'd been on my own um, journey just just to to know myself, to to sit in my own pain, to work through my own pain, to to be comfortable in my own pain um, in order to get to healing on the other side, you know, you've got to work through that and develop a resilience to other people's pain you know yeah. so you can hold space for them so I was on the I was on the journey but I hadn't learned a lot at that stage so I am very chuffed that I could experience mm-hmm. that with you because I got to see how just holding that space letting you be in pain I, I saw the immediate change on your face and and I saw you become still the emotion that came over you and and it became a heart connection from then on we didn't have a logical argument which was common and I think as I've done the self-compassion journey um, walked through my own pain held space for myself in my own pain it's become an easier thing to do Mm -hmm. but that that is a standout moment it's proof hey this this works yeah totally And I think you bring up a great point that misunderstood people will misunderstand people. So if I feel like I'm walking around misunderstood from everyone, then I will misunderstand the situation I walk into. And that's something I've learned from you is learning how to understand yourself. Um, And obviously, um, a painful experience for our family was um, you guys going through a divorce, you and dad going through a divorce. And I obviously being a kid that brings up lots of thoughts and affects your belief system about marriage and all of those things. Um, But one thing I did watch you do is learn you went on a journey of learning how to process through pain and that at first was really intimidating to me because a lot of people will say if something bad or hard happens just get busy just get busy and I had that judgment towards you 
And I remember my friend saying, Ella, have you ever been through a divorce? Like you don't actually know the pain associated with that. You can't really judge someone's process because you have no idea. And it did correct me in a good way. Like it actually made me go, oh, I don't know. And I have to not control mom's process. And I have to, um, yeah, it was the first time I started this idea that you could process through pain. So can you tell us a bit about your journey of healing pain through divorce? Yeah, I think we, we separated and it was a bit of a shock to me. Um, and I didn't get any therapy around it for a year, but I processed a lot in my journal. I, I love journaling and I, and I need, I have this, this inner hunger to, to find my true authentic self to connect to me. And I think as a four on the Enneagram, you know, we, we're quite introspective and we, and we have a high value for authenticity and we want to connect. Yeah. Um, So I'd already had a strong journaling practice and I just remember, I want to backtrack here. I'd had a life changing experience um, 20 something years ago. I, I had a love encounter that, that changed paradigms for me. Um, It was like, God, you mean like a spiritual experience? Yeah, a spiritual. And it really set me alive. And I learned that when I'm, when I'm so consumed with being loved, I, I actually cannot fear anything. I, am, I feel so loved, I'm unafraid. Mm-hmm. And then for years afterwards, I would, I would have to re- I'd do things out of fear. I'd, I'd parent out of fear, you know, and think, why did I say that? Would love talk to me like that? No, so I, I, I rewired slowly over the years to always be pulled up by love's experience. Did, would love talk to me like that? Would love, how would love talk about my future? You know, how does love come alongside me? Um, so when I was going through this pain, I wanted to connect to that love, okay? And he was my guiding North Star, that I didn't want to be bitter. I didn't want to be a victim. You know, I, I had a right to be in pain. I had a right to be hurt. I had a right to be um, to be bitter and judgmental and, and crazy. But I also have a right to be free. I have a right mm. to be whole. I have a right to walk in peace. I have a, a right to live fully alive. I have a right to live with exquisite joy you know so I was always reaching high and reaching deep to connect with that because I had such a strong experience with that all those years earlier so my journaling would look like putting all the junk of what I'm feeling down oh this has happened oh he's not calling me or I I have so much pain and, and all the what ifs, what ifs, worried about my future, worried about my finance, worried about lots of things. Mm-hmm. And so I put those worries down. And then, but once all that junk's out, you can reach the questions you're really asking. Am I really lovable? You know, yeah. they're the vulnerable ones. Am I going to be looked after? Will I ever 
no companionship like that again or you know all all the the tender vulnerable questions can come out in a journal and then because of my I know love close to me is not going to let me go and I know how he treats me so then I can still myself in that place of love so I did that that's a long answer to your question but I journaled out a lot of that and came to a place of peace often I I would always want to step away from my journal time a different person to the one that came and sat down in the first Mm. place so you know then it was a year later that I um have found my wonderful therapist Rosie who just knew how to ask brilliant questions and help me discover more of me yeah so yeah I remember being quite open about my journey with all you guys Mm -hmm. to the point of oversharing but you quickly tell me if I was oversharing and sure did not not going to do that again um but I wanted to take the feedback mum some mums (laughs) don't listen (laughs) oh look I still make mistakes I still need feedback um I just um what I wanted to say about that I just felt I wanted my children to know you can walk through pain but you can still be okay you can actually if you're processing it well not not burying it not numbing it walking through it um, looking to the other sides asking all the what-ifs and facing the fears you can actually live fully alive in that yeah I connected to myself so deeply during the pain but it it enables me then to show you that suffering's okay yeah actually I can connect to myself so well in suffering and love myself in it that Mm -hmm. I actually feel more alive than Mm -hmm. if my life was easy I was cruising along I was doing the day-to-day things not stopping to have to connect yeah, you've yeah. always kind of said, and it feels like a very mom thing to say, Ella, the pain is a gift. And um, it's always, I think that I am not intimidated by hard things. I think being, I'm a six on the Enneagram, which means our brain goes to the worst case scenario all the time. And so I'm already thinking, I notice in my brain, I'm already thinking about all the bad things that can happen. And watching your process of this thing of movement through pain, like we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We don't camp out there. And so you kind of paved the way of like, here's the way through this. Um, And so it's actually because I've cultivated my own practices as well. And you mentioned journaling. I'm a huge journaler as well. Like it, I literally write my way out of my trigger. I write my way out of my fear into the place of love. And you've, you've definitely um, kind of, you've just from an early age, like asked us to check our heart motive. Like, is this from a loved place or is this from an unloved place, a fearful place? And so, yeah, it's definitely expanded my curiosity to what does love actually look like and mean. But I love what you were saying about connecting to yourself. Um, We obviously connect to other people, but we can connect to ourselves. And you guys can go back and listen to, I think it's episode three, where I talk on self-compassion. 
Um, but mom, can you tell me what and tell our audience what disconnection would mean uh, versus connection? Yeah, dis- when I, I, I hate the disconnected feeling, yet I probably spend 99% of my day in that state, you know, because I think connection is a quite intentional yes. position. Um, disconnection to me feels like I'm walking alongside myself. I'm not, I'm, I, I can feel antsy. It's like I, I feel um, anxious. I'm, I'm thinking about things in the future. I'm thinking about things in the past. I'm, I'm trying to rehearse what I'm going yeah. to say. I, I'm trying to be more. I'm trying to become in a strivy sense, not, not a full sense. I'm trying to, you know, I'm a, very much aware I'm not enough for this situation. Mm. And it's, it's the beast of comparison. It's the not enoughness. Yeah. Um, that can plague us, all of us, or every day. And, and we can strive to look a certain way. And none of that is actually connecting to our true essence. Mm. It's it's like saying I'm not enough. Yeah. So um, what would connection feel like, look like? Connection is very sweet. It's a it's a very full feeling. Yeah. Um it's like being in this moment right now and this moment is huge. Yeah. It's like it's a big expansive place. Very expensive. And it, yeah. it looks like and it feels like a delight. I actually really enjoy me. Oh, I love that about me. Oh, I love that I'm made like this. You know, yeah. I love those moments of connecting to myself. And it's not like I have to be amazing at anything. It's yeah. just I'm enjoying being me in this moment. Yeah. I remember a story where you, me and Charlotte were uh, in Ellie Beach, which is so beautiful. And we were getting, we were having beer and chips and we call them fries in America, but we were there and the weather was like balmy, summery, summery. It was actually winter for Australia, but it was really beautiful, balmy weather. It was like around five or six o'clock at night. And it was the most tingly, present, like life-giving, connected time. Like you and I were there. And I think we were both talking about how we felt so connected. And this feels really connected. We feel really alert in the moment and then Charlotte because she was um processing like do I move back to Melbourne what am I going to do about a job I'm processing like she had so much overthinking going on and she goes and because we were talking about feeling connected and she's like oh I just feel so disconnected like um and I feel like that's a great example of how often and Charlotte doesn't live like that all the time but she was talking about a moment that we all have so yeah like feeling disconnected to me is like I'm in a million pieces. My thought is going everywhere. I'm distracted. I feel fractured inside. And so when I make decisions from that fractured, everything feels urgent, uh, disconnected, disorientated, it feels very disorientating. Mm -hmm. And what I help people do in life coaching is really get them back and reorientate them back to connection, back to themselves, 
where they are connected to the true self. So I love that you talk about that as a part of something to be aware of, like when you are healing from pain and moving through pain is finding yourself. And do you know what, when you were saying the story about being at Ellie Beach and that balmy evening, and I'm just imagining that I'm feeling the sense of the balmy evening and I, and um, involuntarily, yeah. I took in a deep breath mm-hmm. yeah. and I relaxed and I and I became more in the moment. And it's that's our body's mechanism. Yes. Take big breaths, breathe out, yeah. big breaths, breathe out. It brings you back to centre. It brings yeah. you back to now, this moment. Yes, and that's yeah. so beautiful even. I love that you share that because it makes me think about I've gone through a body healing journey and mm. I have been so disembodied, so disconnected for, like you mentioned, like I feel outside myself, not in my body. And as an actor or as a dancer, you really like, there is this kind of greater sense of ownership on your body when you go through training like that. But I live so disconnected from my body. I wouldn't even, I'd just be drinking coffee all through the day. And I wouldn't even be aware that I didn't want coffee. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be aware that I was dehydrated. Mm. So that's what disconnection is. And the reason why we're disconnected is because we're all trying to cope. We're trying, we're, we've been in pain and it's another word for it is disassociation. We have something painful happen in our past so we disconnect we take the edge off we drink wine we binge eat we'd like disconnect Mm. fully and so what wholeness looks like is connection Mm. Um, and the more I've gotten connected to myself the more I've had deeper and more valuable connection with other people so I think yeah Mm. it, it just affects every area I think um, like we were talking about becoming and unbecoming and being, I love those three words together. Yeah. I, I, I remember my earlier young mum years or even as a, as a teenager, you know, that becoming is a, is a strivy word. I've got to become this. I've got to become this because we're so wanting to look shiny, to yes. be loved. We're so wanting to do a wonderful performance of something. We want to look good. So it's a striving becoming. Yeah. And then the unbecoming, oh, I hate showing up like that. Oh, I hate um, you know, reacting out of fear. I hate just shooting my mouth off. I've got to unbecome that. That becomes a striving thing. Yes, like push and, down, don't be. Yeah, yes. and you know what? the only way to become or unbecome is to learn to be. It's, yes. it's, it's in the being, yeah. in the stillness, in the self-acceptance. Yeah. So, you know, and to and, and my pain journey, part of my healing was to just, you know, I became incapacitated. You said you were quite judgy of me. Why aren't you doing things? Yeah. I, I couldn't. I couldn't run things that I was normally running. I couldn't even meet up with my best friends in a group. I would be exhausted. And I remember once sitting and on the, well, I remember lots of times sitting in the beanbag, just staring out of the window, but I'd just come back from lunch with my beautiful friends. My anxiety was up. I couldn't bring it down, sat in that beanbag for hours and then thought, I don't know what's going to bring this down. All my normal tools aren't working. I've got a, I've got my journal here. I went and grabbed some oil pastels and I 
just sketched, I took my time to sketch my windowscape, you know, the decking, the railings, the palm trees. And, and my anxiety came down and, and I had to learn that my, I had to learn to follow my heart. What does my heart need? And I had to learn to, to just be and be okay and let all that performance stuff drop off. I had to give myself permission yeah. to not look like I'm doing anything, yeah. even when it upset my kids, mm-hmm. you know, and that, yeah, that learning to be is, is learning to listen to your heart, what your heart needs, what's it craving. Yeah. I love it. So good. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, obviously you didn't stay there. You came out the other side. Um, but yeah, because I do know like when people get stuck in that place and they don't ever come out of it or, you know, and I've just seen, it's so crazy because you turned, you know, I remember you coming and visiting me in America and you were like, had so much energy. <laughs> and I'm like, who is this woman? Um, and you had more energy than I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know that it's productive to actually face your pain rather than avoid yeah. it. And I had to, re- I went through a lot of pain moving to Queensland and, you know, more devastation years after the stories I've just told. And I had to come to the point of, you know what, you actually don't feel you can physically go out and work now and look productive, but You've got to believe, Di, that this is the greatest life work you'll ever do. Mm-hmm. This is your masterpiece, is is coming out of this healed. Yeah. And and so I gave myself permission. I had to often give myself permission because the shame thing keeps coming in. Mm-hmm. But give yourself permission to be healed. One thing about the way that you've parented us and the way that, um, and I want all our listeners to know it, life has not been perfect for us and our family, but we love really well. Like we really, really work hard to love well. Um, so, which is super sweet. Um, but one thing is you have modeled, it's okay to be messy as a human and it doesn't take away from your strength it actually makes you human and makes you authentic and makes you relatable. And so, yeah, what would you have to say about, you know, being messy as a person? I think um, we loathe showing up as messy. We want to look perfect. We want to look squeaky clean and presentable. Um, I have, I've had to learn to be okay with my own messiness and hold space for other people to be messy. And I remember um, some time back now, we were having um, a family breakfast and I was so excited because we love hosting breakfasts and everyone was coming, dad was coming this time, um, but we're gonna have a full quota except for you, Ella, I'm sorry, you were too far away. Um, Anyway, we, I normally am really excited about these mornings and I was, but on the morning of the breakfast, I woke up really heavy and dreading and flat. And I had to sit with that and think, why? What's happening? And but I found my my overworked mind was thinking, and I've got to 
tell so-and-so to make sure that person doesn't talk about that. I've got to tell this person to tone down because they're going to be judged and I, and I don't want to have to clean up that mess of how they feel when they're being judged. And I just... And I, and I tuned in. You have to slow down to tune wow. in. What am I actually thinking and believing? Why am I feeling so stressed about today? Because I normally have joy. And then I had a moment of, whoa, this is messy. Oh, am I okay with mess? Yeah. Am I going to be okay? Can I be okay if this turns into a bit of a messy. Yeah, if someone else gets offended by someone else at the table saying something that's hurtful, will and I I've got to clean that up later, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a weight on me to feel like I've got to clean up a mess. Yeah. But actually, am I okay to let the mess fall and not be over-responsible mm. and let other people sit in their mess? Can I do that? Am I okay with that? And I was like, yeah, I can be okay. I can be okay. And then miraculously, there was a switch in my whole outlook. I felt like before I was prescribing to everybody what they needed to be and fear prescribes. My fear was wanting to prescribe how people needed to show up or control them. Yeah. But love can be so curious. And I found, and I immediately came into, I'm okay with looking messy I'm okay I can love me and I'm going to I know I'm going to be more than okay so when I found that space of loving myself in a mess it was all imagined mess but it's um I then instantly became curious about oh I wonder how they're going to show up today oh I wonder what the day is going to be like and and to have that sense of wonder is stunning it's just a wonderful way to live it's a very free way to live. And, you know, that morning was one of my favourite love-bomb-filled mornings together. It yeah. was so cruisy. Everybody shone. Everybody had just a lovely sense of connection. And, and I really feel like we carry atmosphere into the place wherever we're going. I know that we do. We all yeah. come in with our own atmosphere. And, if, and I think a love atmosphere is greater than all others. And so the fact that I could walk in, bomb the place with my love, it just opened up the whole day for a beautiful connection. Yes. Oh, that's so good, Mum, because as women, sometimes we're just so over-responsible for other people's experiences and emotions. Mm. And so that is so powerful for people to here is that you can actually find freedom in letting it be what it is and the thing is on the other side of that it doesn't feel good to feel someone controlling you or making you show up a certain way so you don't and protecting and so then that just kind of like eats at the atmosphere but what you decided to cultivate was one of surrender and and love I love that it's so powerful so, yeah, do you have anything else to say on validation and attunement, what you've learnt about that? Um, I, I've learned to become kind to myself over time, so that makes it easier yeah. to tune in to other people through learning self-compassion, self-kindness. I've had to 
learn my worthiness of love even when I make mistakes because the shame spiral is a bit of a killer and I can stay there a long time. But um, I've, I've learned that even though I've made mistakes, I'm, I'm so worthy of love and it's not my the things I do or don't do that define me. I'm actually worthy of love. And so I've learned to speak kindly to myself and it brings down that high stakes in the situation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, to close out today's um, time, I saw a quote that said, I write so that others will listen or maybe it's so that I hear myself. And often we're looking out there to be heard, like, but do we ever get quiet enough to listen to our heart? Because often we're listening to the voices of people's perspective of us, but we actually need to find a place in us where we can listen to our own experience, which is the power of validation. Yes, so good. I love that. Thanks for listening. Oh, and thanks for joining me today, Mum. So, Mum, you're an artist. How can people find your work and find you? I'm building a website, but that's not ready to to announce yet. But um, I'm on Instagram as uh, Didi Hooper, and that's D I D E H O P E R, or Facebook yes. as Di Hooper. Yeah, they can find you there. And um, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Get your moms, get your dads to come listen to the episode or maybe you can have some healthy dialogue about how to build some greater connection with each other. Uh, Maybe book in a counseling session to, yeah, have a counselor tune and validate your experience because it's deeply healing and worth it. Thank you for listening today. You can follow us at the Next Brave Thing podcast on Instagram and make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you would like to book in a life consulting session with me, feel free to go to my website at www.ella-hooper.com for more information.